0: Okay, welcome to the Empowered Empath Podcast. I'm so happy you're here with me today. We are exploring dick jokes and cults, and I'm I was I'm going to call this episode that uh, for two reasons. One, I'm going to explore my story of belonging to a cult, or my definition of a cult. Um, for about two years in my early 20s and it feels time just to like share this story because it's been a very um, impactful part of my story of personal empowerment Um, my story of finding um, a deeper level of confidence coming out of that experience Um, learning to trust myself learning to practice boundaries Um, Learning to protect my own energy, learning to trust my gut, you know, when somebody is smiling on the outside, but my entire energetic being is saying, yeah, maybe don't go with that guy (laughs) or that girl or whatever. Um, And then dick jokes. This just came about because I was inspired by, I was listening to a podcast recently and um, it was uh, the Duncan Duncan Trussels podcast. And Duncan had on Damien Eccles, who has a wild story and has so much magic to share. And I highly recommend looking him up. His last name is spelled E-C-H-O-L-S. Anyway, Damien was just talking about his experience. And here's the quote that I just fucking loved so much. Okay. He said, you know, you've gone wrong on this path when you lose the ability to appreciate a good dick joke. So he's talking about maintaining your humanity on your path of your spiritual awakening. Now, I know spiritual awakening is like kind of a buzzword right now, depending on the circles that you run with online, but it's a very real thing. Can we just normalize it? It's so real. It's If you look at a flower, like think of a seed of a flower and think of all of the variations of growth that that seed must go through, you know, as a seed to sprouting, to still being underneath this, this wet earth to moving through the wet, the the earth all the way up to the, to the, um, breaking through the, you know, to where the, I want to say sky to where the uh open air is and then still continuing to grow and then creating a bud and then from that bud opening into a flower that is that is my awareness my definition of a spiritual awakening it's just becoming more of who you truly are and discovering more of who you truly are and really allowing it to be seen by the world that is your flower that is your the essence of who you are so you know there's so many like i know when i first started going through i would say my spiritual sprouting the this the the path of my own spiritual awakening that really began about 20 years ago in college and um really discovering this deeper sense this deeper spiritual sense of of who i was that that felt so real and true and authentic that no one could even, people could reflect it, reflect back these spiritual truths to me. But like, I was the only one who could, for lack of better words, taste it because it was my own, right? My own journey. So, anyway, <clears throat> the dick joke thing comes in because when I first discovered this, I was like hooked. I was like, oh my God, there's so much more here to life then i really realized and i just got started on this whole spiritual path like a lot more consciously in college and i yearned for a spiritual teacher i believed that i wouldn't be able to get quote there to enlightenment to wherever the fuck i thought i was going to get to without a spiritual teacher and i found one (laughs) i'll tell you about that in a second or who i who i thought was one who ended up being one but definitely not in the way that i thought uh it was going to be and um just to jump ahead into the story real fast like you know knee deep into that you know two-year cult experience i really lost uh, a big sense of my humanity I really got lost in the spiritual egoism of of the game and um I'll just share a little story about that and and this is why I loved that quote from Damien Eccles so much and I'll I'll say it again after this story so <clears throat> in the in the depths of of me really like being in this cult culty experience um I went, I was home visiting my parents and my brother, I think he was home from college or something and he and his buddies wanted a ride downtown to go to the bars. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll give you a ride. And my parents had this van at the time and him and all of his friends piled into this van and I was driving and, um, they're all his friends from high school. So I knew all of them. And, um, I just rem- I don't remember exactly what I said or what what I was saying. I don't remember even talking that much, but I just remember my energy. My energy was really I would say it was very kind of stuck up. It was just up my own ass. It was just not joyful. It was just really rigid, you know? I if I if it had a color, it would have been kind of gray, muddy, murky. And I do not remember what I said. But I just remember, like, like you know, where my energy was. And then from the way back, like the third row, all the way back in, from from this van, one of my brother's friends <clears throat> yells out, Hey Jess, when did you stop being fun? And I got so pissed. I was like, that's a really fucking rude thing to say. I am fun. <laughs> I believe in fun. Fun is, I I don't intend to live a life thats that isn't, doesn't have fun in it, that isn't fun. And so I got a little butthurt. But you know what? He was fucking right. <laughs> he was right. When did I stop being fun? When I got way too fucking serious about self-help. That's when. About self-wellness. About, um, spirituality about becoming enlightened. That's when I stopped being fun for myself and like for other people, which obviously it's not, the goal is not to be fun for other people. The goal is to be fun for myself. So I'm going to say that quote again. You know, you've gone wrong on this path when you lose the ability to appreciate a good dick joke. So maybe dick jokes aren't your thing maybe something else is your thing that really loosens you up that 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 is like the 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 grease to your wheels but that's what i that's what inspired ah my fucking notebook keeps falling down that's what inspired this podcast today so i've been meaning meaning i've been wanting to talk about my cult experience for a while just because like i said it was a big part of my journey and it just feels like now's the time and my My purpose in sharing my experience is to normalize what it's like to feel so disempowered that you think that you need someone else to show you the way when in fact you don't. You, you don't need someone else to show you the way. That, that is a belief that I have. I, I do believe that everybody is whole at their core. Um, I love um, what my friend Pia says, um, who's also a coach, and she says, um, everyone is naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. I truly believe that down to my core. So for example, like when we're in um, a coaching session or coaching sessions, it I don't see it as my job to tell you what to do or to point out the right way. I see it as my job to reflect back to you, your own power, your own love so that you can more effectively resource that within yourself. I think that's where the true power is. So but going back to my story, like I, I, I really felt thought I really believed I needed someone to show me the right way, the quote, right way, right? Isn't that funny? Um, I do believe we're coming out of the binary of good and bad, right and wrong and into um, a spectrum of, of, of paradox where, where my quote, right way is probably different than your quote, right way. And where we can both, we may not understand each other's ways, but we can appreciate and respect each other's, quote, right ways, even when they're different, especially when they're different from each other. That's where I see us heading as a collective. I can feel this within myself. I see it in the external world. Um, And that is the, I guess you could call it for lack of better words, call, that's the the frequency that's the 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 narrative that i am living and i am um um choosing to be part of the pattern that wave coming forth so i have heard and this very much resonates with me the like if you if you're into astrology or human design or anything that reads the energy of the stars that we are coming out of Um, the age of the guru, and we're coming into the age of self as guru. So self as the gods and goddesses that we resource within ourselves, where we're not looking externally for someone to show us a way. We're not looking to an external authority to someone to show us the quote right way, where we are truly finding what finding the resonance of, of truth within our own selves and, and, and honoring that and following that, even if it doesn't rationally make sense, really following that. Um, I don't know if it's a gut feeling, but really, um, normalizing, um, resourcing within self and that doesn't mean that we're not we're not supposed to like you know find inspiration from others or learn from others absolutely not I think it's quite the opposite it's 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 sharing so much and and really honoring the reflections of other people that we get to learn from and then take what resonates and composting the rest you know Which which is why I think it's so important for all of us to to continue to do this work and to have fucking fun doing it, because the more fun that we have, the brighter that we shine and the brighter that we shine. I know that's very corny, but it is just fucking true. So let's just, you know, call it as it is. The brighter that we shine, the more that we share. I'm going to say that again. The brighter that we shine, the more that we share with our community, with the collective, with others, with our family and our friends. And that is a fucking gift. That is a gift. You are a gift. I am a gift. And part of showing up and shining is really um, honing in our own unique, for lack of better words, song, our own unique self. And that part of that is really practicing boundaries. And I know boundaries might be a challenging word for you to even hear. It was for me for a really long time. And what I really want to say, and I'll I'll share my culty story in a second here, <clears throat> and I'll do a whole nother episode on boundaries. Here's the thing about boundaries that held me back from like really practicing them for the longest time. Because um, if you're like me, you maybe have read you know, either articles or parts of books where they talk about, okay, um, this is how you create and maintain a boundary. And so the old me would read that and think, oh my god, I could never say that to my loved one. And like my whole body would go into like fight or flight, and I would just f- or, or freeze, and I just I I just wouldn't be able to do it. So I just wouldn't do it. I would I would just think, oh, because I can't do it perfectly, I I'm not going to do it at all. And I think that's such a crock of shit. I think that um please don't do that to yourself. um it just holds like like it, it it's like thinking that you you need to sit down at the piano having never played and 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 play like you know Beethoven or whatever like no you you it, this is a practice listening to the 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 energies that are moving through you that are saying and requesting, "Hey, I need some boundaries here." And and listening to those and honoring those, it, it starts with first really making it real within yourself. So even before you express it out loud to somebody else, when you are practicing creating and maintaining boundaries, if you don't yet have the ability to say out loud to someone else, excuse me, that doesn't work for me, or whatever, right? Write it in a journal somewhere. I'm serious. Say it out loud. Make it real for yourself first. And this is part of creating the identity of someone who cares about themselves enough to 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 care for themselves. Because boundaries is just simply a care another way of caring for yourself. There's so many ways we care for ourselves, right? We we eat good food, we we do our movement practice, we um, you know, have fun and we laugh and you know, whatever, you know we read good books we watch fun shows boundaries is also a way that we care for our entire system so <clears throat> my story of of basically falling blindly for a someone who i thought was like a guru um it's kind of like a like not a beware tale but a be aware so be e and then dash aware be aware of this um like be aware of the okay a guru will lead me to the enlightenment like that's a trap in my opinion that's a trap so um so let's see here's the thing for those of us big hearted empaths big hearted energetically sensitive souls without practicing boundaries for the the beauty that we each are um it is more likely that we will become prey to other people who can sense that and also sense that we don't have the the boundaries just to say affirm from our hearts, no thank you. And I don't want you to become prey. Um, It really sucks being prey. Maybe you've already been prey. You know, it sucks. Um, So let's see. How do I want to get into this? Okay, I think I want to say my definition of a cult and I'm sure there's like, I I I've looked up the definition before and I've been like, yeah, okay, that that resonates. And you know, the thing is it's cult like like boundaries, like like there's not only one way for a cult to 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 behave. Like I know there's definitions like we have to have definitions in order to understand things in a certain way, right? Um I'm describing this culty experience. I'm I'm describing a cult as um a person or a group of people who have convinced you, whether through their words or a magnetic personality, um, an energetic seduction, that you need them in order to level up. So I'm going to say that again. I am defining a cult as a person who convinces you that you need them in order to level up and this is very a very subjective definition right because this is my own my own story of what it was like from my perspective and i just really want to own this as my own perspective and i've done a lot of work over the years to um, forgive this person and forgive myself for for going down this path and i've chosen to use this story as part of my own personal empowerment journey. And if you've discovered someone along your life path who you have interpreted as quote, taking your power, which is how I used to interpret this story, taking your power, um, I really encourage you to, um, well, to listen and, 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 and forgive yourself and normalize this and then really change the narrative, change how you how you tell that story to yourself. Um, because it can actually be part of how you found your power in a way deeper than you ever could have. Because if this person hadn't come along in my life and quote taken my power, it would have been another person. It would have been somebody else. I I, I do believe that just because energetically where I was coming from. I was coming from a very weak, um, oh God, I don't even like saying the word weak. I honest, I really don't. I was really coming from a needy place. I was coming from a needy place, I guess you could say. And that's not good or bad. It just is. Call a spade a spade. It just is. It just was. So anyway, the person who tells you that you need them in order to level up is always a lie. I, I do believe that. I don't care if it's, a, you know, a spiritual teacher, a coach, a therapist, a business, whatever. I don't care who the fuck it is. It is always a lie. Now, can people offer you things that can help, help you find your own empowerment or can consult you? Absolutely. Yes. But if someone is trying to convince you that they are the the golden ticket, fucking run away from that person as fast as your legs will carry you. Even if they're smiling, like, here's the thing about vampires, a vampire has to be invited. Isn't that interesting? I just actually heard actually it was once again Duncan Trussell. He was saying it on an on an ad that he was doing and something in my whole body clicked. And a vampire, you have to invite a vampire into your into your home. They can't just come in. It's the same thing with someone who's trying to to quote take your energy or take your personal power they actually have to be invited they're in my opinion in my experience they always are saying nice words they're they're saying like the quote right things but your ener- your energy knows your energy always knows and especially if you're listening to this you're energetically sensitive your energy is already speaking to you you already know that you're already at that baseline we're talking the same language here i'm going to guess that you have ignored what your energy has told you a time or two. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we are connecting because I have certainly done that myself too. And here's the thing you and I both know it never leads anywhere. Good when we ignore that. And, and let's ask why, why do you, or did like, why do we ignore our energy when it's speaking to us? It's because of societal programming, cultural programming, familial programming. All it is, is showing us an outdated program, aka a belief system within our minds and our bodies that needs to be updated. How do we update that? We, um, we alchemize it through our emotions. Okay. I don't want to get too off topic. Um, let's see here. Okay. Okay, let me, just, let me just share a little bit of this story. Holy shit, we're already 23 minutes in. Okay, <clears throat> I think I just want to share, I, you know, I was in this experience for about two years. And, and I think the first time that I really started thinking that this was maybe like a cult was when I went out to get a drink with a friend from high school, and I was telling her how, um, what's the word, enamored? How, 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 how much, how highly I thought of this person that I was following. I mean, I was talking about it like, like I, would, I would follow her anywhere. And I would do anything that she told me to do because basically I thought that she knew the way to enlightenment. And my friend said to me, geez, Jesse, it sounds like you're in a cult. And I immediately felt ashamed. And she just said it kind of offhandedly and I just kind of like laughed it off and whatever. And then I, I don't think I really, I don't remember talking about it that much to other people because I just, I thought other people just wouldn't quote understand, you know, and, you know, I was with my, um, my partner, who's now my husband. He was with me through this whole experience, and um, he never really agreed. Not agree- Agreed isn't really the right word. It was never his experience to go through, but we stayed together through it. So, okay, I, I'm being very vague. Let me just say the simple brass tacks of it. Basically, in college, I really woke up to my spirit And it was, it was this divine awakening. And I was, I just changed something in me fundamentally changed. And when I left college and we came back um, to the home, the, the county that we're both from and kind of started our quote life outside of college, I wanted nothing to do with the mainstream world. I just felt so is the word disillusioned by just like, Everything mainstream, I was so sick of it all. I felt lied to by it all, and I just really wanted to follow more of this like this crack open that I had discovered in college this this spiritual crack and i I had made I'd put out this call uh, for a spiritual teacher, and the thing I didn't realize for so many years is that when I put out that call like I want a spiritual teacher. I made the call from a place of unworthiness. I really didn't think I was worthy enough to discover all these spiritual truths within myself. Fast forward to now, that's all that I do. <laughs> I, I, I'm constantly learning from other people for sure, but I am the first and foremost filter that all of this goes through. And I'm now always test driving everything with myself. I'm sitting with myself. I'm downloading visions for myself. I'm. Um, curating visions for myself i'm processing emotion like i am now my 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 own guru in a way i don't even like how that sounds that sounds really icky i i retract that statement i am my 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 own best friend that's how i'm going to say it I, I am my own best friend and so anyway back to rewinding um all those years ago um i got introduced to this one woman and she you know, she, she talked the talk, the, she walked the walk. She was so, um, she exuded a, not just an air of confidence and charisma and jubilance, but she could manipulate energy unlike anybody I had ever met. And in my mind, anyone who could manipulate the unseen world of energy in my mind, I automatically put them in the altruistic category. I thought someone who was that in tune with subtle energies automatically had my best interests at heart. So I just trusted them. I, 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 I thought that they knew better than me. I thought she knew better than me. I thought she knew the way. She would always say these, these things in like almost like code um, that you'd like read between the lines and like it would kind of keep you you know going with her like i remember when i first met her she said she was meaning she was talking about enlightenment without actually saying the word enlightenment and she was like yeah it takes about 2 years 2 years of hard work and in my mind i'm like 2 years all right i i can do 2 years and i just like dedicated myself to her i would follow her anywhere and the way that i ended up working with her for for about 2 years was i worked for her she had this business and um, I worked for her. She, she did like spiritual workshops and stuff, but me and her and then there was um, another person who was and is still a dear friend of mine. We were like on the inside, the inner circle. And so we knew all of the like the realness that went on behind the scenes, you know, like all, all down to the shadowy stuff that went down. But me and my other friend, we were so disillusioned Um, well, I'm not going to speak for my friend. She has her own story. But like, I was so disillusioned that every time that this person that I was following that I thought was my spiritual guru, every time she did something that in my heart of hearts didn't line up with my own integrity, but I still followed and went along with the actions, I I just kept making all these little cuts, these little slices against myself. Like, she would say you know she would say one thing and even though it didn't resonate with me i never knew how to say no that that's something i think that would be a really great red flag for anybody that you learn from anybody who who convinces you that their way is the best way like any anyone who never teaches you how to say no like that's a red flag. That's something that I've, I've started saying to my kids now that they're 10 and eight and I've like, become so much more aware of how boundaries are like one of the most important things in really being a resilient and strong and loving, compassionate human. Someone who doesn't develop resentment is the word no. And, and even if you can't say it like flat out like that, no. Just like using qual- qualifiers saying like, you know, I, I know you really want me to do that, but it just doesn't sit with me right now. At first or for some reason I don't really want to do that and I'm just going to follow that you know it doesn't have to be like no like you can you can make it your own you know so anytime anybody said no to to her this person I was following she would make it out like like they didn't know what they were talking about I mean Mic drop right there. I could just end this podcast right fucking there. Ooh, that sits deep in me. I can feel that. It's like resurfacing some memories. Like anytime someone would say no to her, and usually this is only people like on the inner circle, she would um, make it out like they didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. That's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. Anybody who takes you farther away from your own knowing is leading you to bullshit, is leading you to um, the landfill of crap. So, anyway, I worked for this person. I could never say no to them, to her. I tried and I went into like total fight or flight. She very much took advantage of. In my opinion, looking back, like I was very much prey and she was very much a predator and she took advantage of my um, inability to say no to her and my just like total dedication to her. And I was like in it. And and this is where that story about the dick joke comes back up about, you know, my brother's friend yelling back, Jesse, when would you stop being so fun? I really started, I didn't know at the time, but like over time I... I, I lost a lot of sense of joy, a lot of sense of self-worth, a lot of confidence. Like I think that people may not have noticed it on the outside that much. I mean, I really don't know. I I could certainly, you know, ask people, but like on the inside, I was really struggling and um, I just didn't think I, fit anywhere else. I didn't think anyone else would understand me and and my energetic nuances and what I really wanted to accomplish in this world. I I just didn't see it happening for me anywhere else but within this circle. And I just kind of kept going along with the same pattern um with this person and, you know, then there was like the that that one moment in the van that happened. And then I even remember thinking um, God, I'm, I, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. The only way I'll be able to get out of this is if Ray and I get pregnant. And we, we were, we're we were not married yet at the time. Um, and he wasn't ready to get married. And I, I wasn't either, even though I, th- I thought I was ready. I wasn't actually ready. And I remember thinking the only way I'm going to get out of this is if I get pregnant. That's the only way that she will because I'm so fundamental to this like operation of her business. And uh, she can't afford to hire anybody else because nobody else will work for basically free. <laughs> Cause I, I, I exchanged like she gave me money, but like I exchanged a lot of my most of my time for the energetic experience of being around her. And, you know, it's so interesting because I learned so much in those two years about energy and energy work, like, like, especially in the early days, um, uh, pausing for a quick minute. I, I do my perception of what happened in those two years was not just my journey and experience changing, but I really saw her change too. Like I really saw her get drunk and drunker and drunker off of the power of, um, being someone who other people gave all of their power to. I mean, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. That's, that's going down, losing the ability to appreciate a good dick joke kind of heavy, you know? So, you know, in the beginning, like, I I don't think that she, I don't think she's inherently like a bad person. I just think that she really lost sight of what was, what was real. And, um, with such a charismatic personality such as hers, I think that personality just fucking kept going with it, you know? So in the beginning, I, I, like when I think about how much I love coaching now, like, like I remember those, those times when I would be around her energy and she would coach me. I didn't know that's what it was at the time, but that's what it was. And when she would coach me and hold, hold space for me, like that was the first time I experienced somebody like holding space, letting me be exactly who I was, letting me be with the feelings and thoughts that felt cringy, the shadowy parts of me, letting me cry and then asking me questions to discover more of who I was. Oh my God. Isn't it funny that the birth of the 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 passion of what I do now like is entangled in the shadow of this of this experience you know and it took me a really fucking long time to untangle all of that actually when i when i left which i'll tell you about in a second how that happened but when i left i was i couldn't even think of anything spiritual at all like anything spiritual i would just kind of throw up about and it was about six at least 6 months that i just was like, I attributed everything, spiritual, energetic, all of it to her. And I had to completely divorce myself and separate myself from that entire world for a while, for a while before I started finding my own way back into that realm again. Um, Because it's such a big part of me. Um, You know, energy, spirit, all that listening to your own self, your own personal empowerment, like that kind of stuff. Um, And actually, you know, what's funny, just like a memory, like the, there was a book that brought me back into that. And the book was um, Eat, Pray, Love. I remember listening to it on CDs when I would drive, make the 40 minute drive to work every day at my very mainstream job. Thank you very much. When I started shaving my armpits and putting on makeup and even using a hairdryer for my hair. I had a fucking cubicle and a headset and I was, you know, taking orders with a computer. I felt so mainstream. It was amazing. <laughs> I went from like a spiritual cult to a mainstream job in a cubicle and I loved it until I didn't. And then I realized, oh yeah, this isn't me. But I needed that, right? I needed that cubicle job for a while. And and I needed to not think about spirituality for a while. I just needed to refine who the fuck I was after I lost myself. And that's uh, one of the reasons why I have the the tattoo of the infinity symbol on the inside of my wrist as a reminder of. Uh, I'm not going to go. I'm not even actually going to go into that right now. But it was. It was a reminder of me finding myself again, finding my spiritual core again after I really lost it in that, those two years. Um, so anyway, where was I? Um, okay, so yeah, really gave myself to this person. Oh yeah, it was almost like cutting, you know, you know, when um, I, I had one of one of my Dearest friends in high school, she would um, cut herself, um, and I, I've never experienced that, so I can't speak to that life experience um, physically, but I can speak to it. So I don't know what that is like personally, right? To physically cut yourself, but I do know what it's like to energetically cut yourself over and over and over again, to to do actions so out of line with your integrity. That even though each one is a small little cut, it hurts and it hurts and it hurts and it adds up and it adds up and it adds up and it's some psychological warfare bullshit on yourself to continue to follow someone who you know is not doing something that you are in line with, but yet you are following them anyway. Yeah, that took some, that takes some healing to get out of. Um, I... I was kind of so so deep into it, like I said, I didn't even know how to get out of it or how to say no. The thing that really woke me up from it um, was my partner who I lived with. Um, I was coming home every day just like energetically heavy, just energetically drama bitch, you know, just I, I thought I was you know, quote, working through my shadow, but you know, you're not working through your shadow when you're masturbating it at the same time. I'll I'll give you that as a tip. (laughs) I I wasn't working through my shadow. I was just living as my shadow self thinking I was doing the quote, the work. I wasn't, I was just being a little bitch, honestly. Okay. Uh, Whatever. Anyway. Um, and my husband, out of the blue, one day, and we've worked on this since then, but out of the blue, he was like, I don't want to be with you anymore. I want to break up. And like up like up in this point, like me and him, we were just like on the path of like life partners, which now we're married and have two kids. But like we were on that trajectory, you know, all of that. Like he, we were like so intertwined. And here's the thing. When he said that to me, I don't want to be with you anymore. I want to break up. It felt like someone had taken a sword and stabbed it through my entire heart. Physical, energetic. It was the most insane energetic experience I think I'd ever had. And um, the thing is, is, I didn't want to be, I I still, I I never want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me. Um. I especially don't want to, didn't want to create a life and have children with someone who didn't want to be with me. And so I honored that. And I said, okay, I said, look, this came out of the blue for me. Um, let's put it all out on the table. Let's talk about it. And so that's what we did. Um, that's one of the things we talked about too, is like, you know, for him, he needs to communicate with me along the line. So it's not coming to like a breaking point. Like I need to know, you know, in advance, like, Hey, is if there's something not working for you, like we need, let's talk about it. Right. Um, but that's what we did. We just pulled our, put our entire full selves. Like, what do you call that? No holds bar, like everything out on the table. And he shared all the things with me that he didn't like about what I was bringing to the table. And I shared all the things with him that I didn't like what he was bringing to the table. And we did it in such a loving and respectful way. We were so fucking honest. But we weren't putting each other down. We were just saying, this doesn't work for me. And what I love about this period in our lives is we, we truly listened to the other. We had nothing to lose at that point because we were breaking up. Like, we had nothing to lose, right? So he really listened to me. And we're both heart-centered people. Like, we both trust each other. You can only do this work with someone that you really trust. So we got through it. We, we, we decided to give it to, we put everything on the table. We said, okay, I hear you. And that was the, the day, the, the period of time when we, we really developed, like, we found a new level of respect for each other. And that has made all of the difference in our evolution, um, all of the difference. And like, it, it became our new baseline. And from there, we've developed even more depth and intimacy, and respect for, and communication with each other. But like that was like boom. So, but that was like a bucket of fucking ice water dumped on my head when I realized that what I was doing was actually ruining this life that I wanted to create with this person that I that I loved so much. And so, what ended up happening was I slowly started. I know this now. I didn't know this at the time. I started self-sabotaging myself at work with this person I was working for, with this person I was following as my spiritual teacher, teacher, this very entangled thing. Um and what ended up happening, I don't know how much longer after that, but what ended up happening was she fired me. I I'd never, I've never been fired. And what's funny is I was so happy about it. I remember her firing me and then me calling my husband, my, my, he was my partner then, as I was driving down the hill and I remember the sense of freedom and effervescence, a lightness that I felt when I told him and he was, he was happy for me. Can you imagine getting fired from your job and calling your partner and your partner basically saying like, I'm fucking happy for you? Cause they watched you struggle through this, (laughs) you know, like, wow. Um, and it took a little while still for me to become untangled from that whole experience. Um, not just through work, but even personally, like I had, I mean, fuck dude, I, I even like, what was it a year or two later? Like I still invited her to our wedding. Like it, 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 it took me years to realize, oh my God, she's not my friend she's not my friend took me fucking years to realize that so i'm i'm sharing this in the hopes that if you have had an experience like this where you it's taken you a while to become disentangled and maybe the way that you got out of something was to self-sabotage like I want to say that's okay. And for the longest time I thought the way that I I got out of that situation was was powerless and weak. And sure I would do it totally differently now that I've lived more life experience, absolutely. And and I wouldn't I don't I'm not going to get myself in that experience in the first place again anyway, absolutely. But also, I no longer see self-sabotage as a weakness. I see self-sabotage as the best I could do at the time. So when I look back on that version of myself, I have like so much gratitude. I even have pride. I have so much compassion for that girl. She did the best that she could with the tools and the abilities that she had. And you know what? She got us the fuck out of there I mean that's amazing not everybody gets out of an experience like that you know some people stay in a relationship like that for their whole lives you know whether it's a partner or um, like a more a more traditional cult or whatever you know what I mean but that bitch that passed me she got us the fuck out of there and I am so grateful because I got the life that I wanted back. I got to work on the life that I actually wanted back. So obviously there's so much more to say about a two-year experience where you lose your power, but I think that's, wow, it's 48 minutes. That's definitely enough for now. And I just, I want this to be, like, I believe that it is imperative for those of us who are big hearted, energetically sensitive people, that we support each other's autonomy and sense of personal power by practicing boundaries, not just with ourselves, but encouraging boundaries and practicing boundaries with those who are closest to us, with those that we love the most, that we are traveling this path with. When somebody who is close to you says no in whatever way they can, like, let's practice celebrating that. I mean, because that takes courage to say no, especially to be practicing that for maybe some of the first times. So, you know, I I, I think it's incredibly dangerous to um, not practice boundaries. I mean, obviously from this story. And I just want to encourage you to continue to just practice and start anywhere you are. You know, don't try to make you practicing boundaries be look like the you know, the the article that said three steps or the the exact way your therapist told you to do it. If it if you're not if you don't yet have the capacity to get there, you will get there by the way. 100% you'll get there if you practice this. You, you practice it. Practice um honoring your your the, the boundaries that your system is telling you that you need to enact. Like you just practice it over and over and over again. And practice, like I was saying before, practice it for yourself first. If you don't yet feel safe or ready to say it out loud, just practice making it real for yourself so that the and anybody outside of you can't say, no, that isn't real. You fucking make it real because it is real. It is your system telling you, I need a boundary here. So I'm going to hop back on and we'll talk about boundaries and energetic vampires again. Um, and yeah, but I hope that this, my story, um, served you in some way and offered you some reflections of your own. Um, uh, and I just, I just encourage you to take any story where in your past you were, you were the quote. Um, it, it was the quote weak time of your life or the quote disempowering time of your life. And I encourage you to, to change the narrative around it and and to to practice really seeing it as part of the story of your rise to finding self love, as your rise to finding what empowers you, and and play with that. Play with that. Okay. So I'm going to stop talking now and I'm going to hop off. And usually I talk about like the different offers that I have, but I'm going to honor my system saying that I just want to stop talking. So I will just leave my link with my website. It's, it's just bushnell.com by the way, I'll leave that link with the, um, the website that has all the links to everything in there, ways to work with me. And, um, there's a free offer in there too, um, places to sign up for like the place to for my newsletter, all that. So um, that's it for now. And I just wish you um, so much love on your path to empowerment. And I can't wait to talk to you next. All right. Mwah. Bye for now.